0: is in for the touchdown of course the crowd wants reed to go for it wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one
1: so you know it's with that time jerse welcome to fourth and one i'm todd palmer joined by nick jacobs and there will be no clanging of steak knives and forks uh tonight because there is no victory steak would you have cooked one despite the cold had the chiefs won and the titans lost and they would clinched the number one seed
0: yeah, no, I, I was actually going to either way. It didn't matter if it was a victory or not, but it's too late now to do that. So I'll I'll, I'll set it for tomorrow. Pun it for tomorrow. I'll have that in my sweet potato. I'm trying to eat a little bit healthier, Todd. Uh, so I'll just I'll I'll uh, I'll stick with the chicken tonight. The grilled chicken.
1: I've got nothing but like leftover pasta because we went to Buca de Peppo for a Yeah, that's
0: too many workout. carbs for me right now. Todd. Yeah, it, we're, having it's a, lot. we're having
1: to, we're having to reduce the carbs in my life right now. I do have a, a lot of chicken carbonara though. Um, and a little side helping I think is delicious. So
0: all I hear is carbs, carbs, carbs. <laughs> so I'm going to have to, uh, going to have to punt on that for a little bit for uh, health reasons.
1: Um, well, all right. So if you, uh, didn't watch the game and you're just listening to this podcast to find out what happened. The chiefs lost 34 to 31 on a last second field goal. Um, I honestly thought people were tuning in to hear me talk about carbs. (laughs) (laughs) I know it feels a little bit like a sky is falling moment because the chiefs were in position to, to be the number one seed. And now they're almost certainly not going to be, um, it's hard for me to see. I know the Texans have already beaten the Titans once this year. It's just hard for me to see the Texans doing it again. Um, and so, my guess is that uh, the Chiefs are going to have to play their starters because they're going to have to win to keep that number two seed. Otherwise, they risk falling to the three or four, um, you know, because they're going to lose the tiebreaker to Buffalo, New England, and Cincinnati. Uh, Buffalo and New England being either, you know, those being in the running to win the AFC East and then Cincinnati, obviously. I mean, the Chiefs just don't have the tiebreaker on any of them. So they've got to beat Denver to keep that number two seed, which almost certainly means it'll be the chargers. If the chargers win um, and if the Raiders beat the chargers, then it'll probably be the Colts because I just don't, again, don't see Jacksonville beating the Colts next week. Um, so that's who you're probably looking at is the chargers or the Colts is the number two seed. Would you rather the chiefs go ahead and rest their starters, lose to Denver and drop down to that three, four and, and get the Patriots or, or maybe the Raiders in that situation?
0: Um, no, <laughs> I mean, look, it, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, it's an unpredictable world right now. So, I mean, yes, I mean, the Titans are in position right now to where they could potentially, you know, be the one seed, but man, you know, COVID-19, you know, those tests, you don't know how that's going to shake out right now across the
1: league. So, I mean, that's true. Tannehill gets it and it's a different ball game. Same can be said in my homes though.
0: That's
1: why I, I'm Todd.
0: I've learned to take life day by day right now (laughs) like that's where I'm at mentally in my in my world so I mean yeah no it's nice to plan out how things are going to go and everything but I'm just telling you I I mean you just got to take everything day by day right now I know that that's very Eric Eric Berry ish type of me with that reference there but it I mean you you know it's going to happen from day to day so you just got to Roll with the uh roll with the punches and you know come up with backup plans. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have contingency plans across the board. Like I've I've got one for you if you know if you need to take some time off as a podcast though, you know. Like I to have a contingency plan for that. You just never know, Todd.
1: Oh well, what's your contingency plan? Don't worry about it. I fell yeah. off a
0: truck, don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> it's
1: hurtful. I feel like you're gonna leave the gun and take the cannoli here. Um what what were your top impressions uh, of this game, though? Because, look, the officiating wasn't great. Um, the Chiefs only scored, you know, but is it a, kind of a Jekyll Hyde situation for the offense? Like they they come out, you know, and score touchdowns on four straight dot drives in the second half at one point. But then they only get three drives and only get three points in the second half. I mean, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of bad, but also some good you can take out of this game. Um, so what, what what were your top impressions that 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 you're left with after this one? All
0: right. So what what I hope the Chiefs take away from this, and what I took away from this, is the following things. Number one, um, Joe Joe Tooney should be your left tackle. Plain and simple. I mean, when you're looking short term and long term. Um, Joe was a rock star at left tackle. Did really well. widened the pocket well. Made sure the the defender never got around the edge and made Mahomes comfortable all day long. Like Joe Joe Tooney earned his money in his contract today, and he also magically happens to get paid similar to what a left a elite left tackle would get paid to begin with. So that could potentially save you on some cost in that regard. Then that helped Nick Allegretti be the stud that he is at left guard, and Maybe. as physical as he is. Like he's a physical presence. And like when he's a left guard, like he he balls out. He did last year. And that's why it's frustrating watching him on the sidelines all year, knowing how good he is and not seeing him get those opportunities. And then when you have Joe, when you have Joe Tooney, Nick Allegretti, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith all together on an offensive line, that's your best offensive line. And that's, there's no, it's not a coincidence the Chiefs ran for what, over 150 rushing yards against the Bengals?
1: 155. It's the most Cincinnati's given up all year.
0: Yeah. And there's a reason why they sell out on the run and the Chiefs said, Oh, that's cool. Look at this offensive line. We're going to throw at you. And I mean, it, you know, it came by air in some regard, but that, that's the number one thing. And I mean, we'll see what happens to Orlando Brown's calf issue and poor Niang, I mean, look that the, the patellar tendon injury. I mean, that's, that's a serious injury. I don't, I don't know if people know on average, if I remember correctly, I think, players that have that happen to them like their average time in the league after that's normally about 1.1 years or somewhere around that or like 30 career starts i mean that's a serious injury for a player to have and so for him i mean that's you know i i mean mentally for me personally i'm like okay you're hoping to have him back this time next year at, you know and even then it may take two years for him to get back to 100 of who he was so, I mean, that's that's another long-term thing the Chiefs are going to have to think about from that. That was impression number one. Impression number two is that um, the Bengals, I mean, what they had at wide receiver, I think that is something that, depending on the success the Bengals have, I think that's more what the league's going to end up copying in a lot of regard. And that's something that the Chiefs are going to have to add to their wide receiving group is that ability to have a tall guy who can get the jump ball or to be able to find multiple athletic guys who can who have the vertical to be able to get up and do that like Jamar Chase did and like Higgins did, and occasionally kind of like Boyd and, and you know Chase Claypool last week for the Steelers. I mean, that's kind of a bigger thing in the league that's starting to become a trend is that teams are pushing vertically. The Bengals are doing it the best right now. They're ahead of the curve in that regard. And whenever they're pushing vertically – they're just winning the jump ball. Either it's going to be a PI or it's going to be a jump ball that the receiver is going to get. And the Bengals took full advantage of the chiefs in that regard. So that's what the chiefs, I mean, Mahomes doesn't really have a guy who could do that. The guy who could do it, Jody Fortson is on IR. Travis, Travis Kelsey can do it to a certain extent. And then, you know, Tyreek just does it out of pure will being, you know, uh, not being a six, two to six, four receiver. That's the second thing that I think, let the chiefs hopefully take away from this for the 2022 season and, on, and down the road, because the reality is the chargers and bangles. That is, those are who are coming for the chiefs long-term. Those are who are going to be able to match the chiefs point for point down the road here. So the chiefs are going to have to do one or two things. They're going to have to get more athletic at receiver and get some guys who have some good vertical leap to be able to take their offense to a new level. Or they're going to have to have a secondary, and this goes into my third point, they're going to have to have a secondary athletically or height-wise that can be able to match that and stop some of those jump balls. Because the Bengals went at them today, and they said, hey, we're going to out-athlete you, and you're not going to stop it. We're going to space you out, we're going to stretch you, and we're going to show you that we are better athletes and we want it more. And that's what they did today. And then the final thing that I take away from it is – Look, that, that cheese pass rush goes as Chris Jones does. When Chris Jones is on and he's able to be 100%, like, they go as he goes. And I still think, personally, he's he's working himself back from COVID. I think Kelsey's working working himself back from COVID. I think Tyreek's working himself back from COVID. To me, they don't none of them look 100% on the field, and I totally get that. And I, I'm not surprised by that, and we'll see what the snap counts are. But I think they all did the best they could today. But that, it may take a little time for those guys to get back and even Bolton and a lot of those guys who came off of it. So those were kind of the initial impressions I took away from today.
1: What about you, Todd? Um, it was disappointing to see the regression and the tackling. Um, you know, it felt that, that defense – the way they were tackling felt a lot more like the first seven weeks of the season than the than the last eight games, uh, when we've seen this defense play well. Um, you know, there were just a lot of uh, a lot of guys bouncing off, a lot of bad angles. I mean, you think about the second long touchdown there to open the third quarter. You know, Rashard Fenton lets a guy go. Daniel Sorensen takes a a terrible angle. He's too shallow um, and doesn't get to the sideline fast enough. And Jamar Chase has. Uh, a, a touchdown, uh, you know, just a walk-in touchdown. Um, so that was disappointing to see the regression from the defense a little bit. I, I know the offense only had three drives in the second half, but, you know, you. I think Tyrone Matthew talked about it. He talked about the problem with the defense, what he found disappointing for the defense was that they didn't respond. When they got punched or when they made a mistake, it was the way that they failed to respond and rise to the to the challenge, rise to meet the moment and i feel like that was the case the second half for the defense or for the offense too i mean you know the minute that jamar chase gets that touchdown and it's a one point game the chiefs have got to answer they they've got to find a way to go down and 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 get some points on that drive and flex back a little bit and instead you know they went six plays and punted uh, on a couple of occasions and and you know their penalties were part of it um you know but you know the offense you know just didn't do enough in the second half. I mean, they got the one field goal and then, you know, I, I think we all expected them to get the ball back after that field goal when they tied it up, whether they were down or whether the defense held, but with 6 minutes left, you don't think that's the last time your offense is going to get the ball, but um you know, I mean, I, the, the offense just not being able to to, you know, go for the jugular there was disappointing. Um and and I didn't think the, the coaching staff had a great game. I thought that the chiefs got out coached in this one, whether you're talking about the third and 27 all out blitz where Jamar chase is going ham on them all day, all day and they leave him one-on-one against Charvarius ward down the sideline, uh, you know, and give up an inexcusable first down there. Um, I didn't really have a problem with Andy's timeout usage down the stretch um, because I think, you know, if they had gotten the stop or even if the, you know, even if the Bengals had scored and they got the ball back with, with three minutes left that they'd have been in fine shape. I mean that the two penalties in the end zone is what hurt him there. And that's not the coaching staff's fault. Um, but I mean, you see the continued problems on special teams with penalties. There were two holding penalties again today. One of them erased a kickoff return for a touchdown that, that proved pretty, pretty big. I, you know, just, it was a flat effort. I thought, um, um, on the chiefs part all the way around from, from the coaching staff to the offense in the second half to the defense and their, you know, uh, ability to tackle. And, and I don't, and frankly, I don't think they did a very good job adjusting, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, you've got Jamar chase has already got 236 yards and three touchdowns on you. I, I don't know why you're going all out blitz and leaving a one-on-one matchup with Jamar chase on the outside. Like it just, it, some of the, it just seemed like a flat performance all all the way around by the chiefs and, Um, you know, in the situation, given what was on the line and the opportunity that was there in front of them, um, it was, uh, you know, it's just, it was a disappointing game overall. I thought,
0: yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. We'll see what they learn from this and we'll see if they can be able to at least maintain the number two seed and be able to, uh, you know, at least potentially have the road go through arrowhead. Uh, if the Titans stumble.
1: Yeah. We, which we saw, I mean, look, the, the chiefs have been the number one seed two of the last three years. The two years that they that they were, they lost in the AFC Championship game, and then last year, they lost in the Super Bowl. The one year they were the number two seed um, is the year that they won the Super Bowl, and of course, it was the Titans upsetting the Ravens, who were the number one seed in 2019, um, to you know to set up the Chiefs being at home for that one. So strange. I mean, it, it's happened before, and it could very well happen again if the Chiefs beat the Denver. They're still in great position to go ahead, and, and everything's still laying out before. Them. And I'll still say this, man. They scored three points in the second half. Uh, They had a lot of guys who, you know, who I didn't think played particularly well. Um, Certainly not up to the level they've been playing with the last level that they've been playing at the last two months. They had three defensive pass interference calls on third down 10 penalties for 83 yards, which is the most that they've had since the giants game. And it still still took a last second field goal for Cincinnati to win that game at home against the chiefs. So since the Bengals played almost a perfect game, the last three quarters, after getting down 14 to nothing, the chiefs played their worst game in, in several months collectively, and it still came down to a last second field goal. So I don't think that this says anything about, you know, are the chiefs still the best team in the AFC when they're, when they're playing their best football, I still believe they are. Um, But, it shows how narrow the margin for error is there. Like it shows, you know, if you, if you don't come out and play sharp, if you don't come out and make tackles, it, you know, if you get out coached, you're going to get beat in the playoffs. That's what it tells me. Well, today was definitely a playoff experience for me. Right. Um, let's dive deeper into that offensive line situation. Cause I think, yes, wh- let's, let's talk more <laughs> online. <laughs> well, when Orlando Brown goes out with, with the calf injury and warmups, You know, your your first question is, what are they going to do? Because rumors is out. Prince Tego Winogo and Kyle Long weren't active for the game. Um, No real surprise that, you know, given Wiley's comfort at right tackle, having started five of the previous six games, you know, they decided to bump Lucas Niang over. Uh, I was interested to see how that worked out. And then Niang goes down, of course, and and we find out, you know, it was a non-contact knee injury, which is never, uh, never good. Um, when you see those kind of injuries on a football field. So no surprise that that they think that he tore some ligaments um in that left knee. Um, but Joe Tooney, look, I, you know, he doesn't have the ideal athleticism or arm length, which is what gives me some question as to whether um you want him as your long-term solution at left tackle, but that's a good Cincinnati front four, a very good Cincinnati front four. Um, and I thought. Joe Tooney was magnificent. Like you said, Nick Allegretti was a stud. The way they were able to impose their will, and, and look, you brought this up on Twitter too. Andrew Wiley's not a bad run blocker. I mean, he he gets a little bit, his, his athleticism gets exposed a little bit in space when you ask him to pass protect at right tackle. But when he's firing off the ball and he's getting to, to, you know, look, he's a guard by trade, right? So it would make sense that at right tackle, he's better as a run blocker than he is at pass protection because he's not used to working in that space. Um, I think that that offensive line construct, if that group of five stays healthy and that's who you've got moving forward, the, the Chiefs may have to change their personality a little bit to be more of a downhill, impose your your will run team and, and go play action off that a little bit more, which is not in Andy's nature, and I don't know whether he'd make that adjustment wholesale. But I think that could be a scary team in, in, the, in the playoffs if you're facing a a group that's playing like it could be like that mid-season Colts team when Jonathan Taylor is just barreling down on you. There's not much you can do. And Carson Wentz is eating you up on play action.
0: Yeah. I mean, with those, with the offensive line that they had today, especially towards the middle and the end there that I'm telling you, they can run on anybody with that offensive line. Like there, there's nobody that's stopping them. They're going to move everybody. And with where Patrick Holmes is as a quarterback and where the receivers are, that would force a lot of teams to come up and respect what the chiefs do. And you don't need a faster running back. If that's your offensive line, Williams and Gore completely fine. And even if you have Elijah McGuire, if he ever came up, those guys, I'm telling you those guys right now, like that, that can win you football games in the playoffs with that offensive line. I know that I know people don't want to believe it, but I'm telling you like that they can lean on people and they don't have to stop. That's why I got so frustrated with that third and five that ended up happening. Because once they got inside the twenty-five, there they quit running the ball. And if they'd kept running that, I think they get seven instead of three.
1: Yeah. Well, look if you you saw what the vision to see the cutback lane does for this for this offense when you've got that kind of blocking on the interior, because I thought Daryl Williams did a better job in certain situations of seeing those lanes and turning two and three yard carries. Into five, six, seven yard chunks right up the gut. And, and I think you're right. Cincinnati was, they did that, they, they're not used to that. Like the Cleveland Browns had run for 153 yards. That's the only other team that 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 went over 150 against them this year. And we all know how good Cleveland is running the football. So for the Chiefs to do that, I think it had Cincinnati's defense a little bit shell-shocked. Now, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, there's this tendency. It's almost like a a pathological need to like use Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which is not a bad thing. They're, you know, they're, they're potential Hall of Fame. Well, Travis Kelsey, I think is a definite Hall of Fame guy and Tyreek's got Hall of Fame potential. I mean, they're, they're great weapons to have, but like you talk, like you talked about the big problem that the chiefs have had in the passing game all season is teams playing that too high shell. And there've been times we've talked about on the podcast. You need to run the football and will force them to bring those guys down. If you want to open up the bigger plays down the field, I, I think, I think it could have a positive effect overall. I, I think if the chiefs are patient and will will go a little bit old school in terms of establishing the run behind that line, it'll open up the big plays for Tyreek. Again, it'll open up those, those chunks, you know, behind the linebackers at the second level, where you can get Travis Kelsey in space and get him running one-on-one at a safety. It, it'll, you know, you'll get to see maybe another 50-yard play to McCole Hardman Jr., like you saw today. I, I think those opportunities are there. And, and so from that aspect, I like what I saw. Um, I, I you know, it, it just like you said, the Chiefs, when they had those opportunities, they had that role and they didn't stick with it and sustain it necessarily, especially in the second half.
0: And uh, the Chiefs-Broncos game is going to be Saturday at 3.30. So, we'll uh, we'll see how that – the Chiefs game has been moved up a day. So, well, it'll be interesting to see schedule-wise some adjustments there. Um, yeah. So, um, it, it, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, like you're saying there, uh, yeah, the McCole-Hartman thing, was kind of funny about that is, uh, that as somebody pointed out on Twitter to me, and I went and looked real quick, I thought it was but I wasn't 100% sure and I was trying to keep tabs on the game as it's happening but that was actually the the Hardman catch there. that was actually Wasp that they ran again for about the fourth time. So the Chiefs uh the Chiefs going out there and running Wasp I thought that was pretty uh, pretty funny and interesting.
1: Yeah, uh didn't work out quite as well um as the Super Bowl. Um Yeah, but the Chiefs did get 31 points in this one again. Um uh, look, it, it. Do you do you have any concerns about that offensive line as construct? I mean, are you, are you comfortable with Wiley there? He's been there six games now as the starting right tackle. Uh, are you comfortable if those guys aren't available, or do you want to see them maybe sprinkle Kyle Long in there somewhere, or or maybe uh, if Rummers is can you know can can go again, designate him to return and, and bring him back to see what he's got.
0: I I personally, I mean, I would. if Orlando Brown needs another week with a calf um, injury, I would definitely give him that because you want him ready for the playoffs, especially if you're playing the following week. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what this line can potentially do again. I'd love to see uh, Kyle Long work in in some spots if they can, if they got a comfortable lead. I'd like to see Prince get some work at left tackle. Uh, uh, obviously if Mahomes is out, um, at that point. Right. right. Um, but
1: like, yeah, I, expose I like Shane, Bush. don't even put hitting in there, Make it Shane yeah. all the time.
0: <laughs> I, but I would like to kind of see those, those guys get some opportunities and get some reps in case they do need to make some adjustments to tackle. But I, I'll be honest with Rimmers. I mean, with the back issue that he had having a back issue last year, I mean, I just, I kind of mentally gave up on him kind of coming back this year.
1: I, I mean, it, it's a little bit like Mitchell Schwartz, right? We saw, you know, two seasons ago, the back injury crops up in camp, he guts through it, but then the back injury, you know, comes back, uh, in 2020 and ends up sidelining the last half of the season. And now, um, he's retired. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, we, we've talked about it before, uh, back injuries with offensive linemen in some ways are inevitable and, and, you know, are the beginning of the end for those guys. Um, and it goes downhill pretty quick. Um, you, know, you mentioned the, the pass rush on the other side. Look, they got four four sacks, um, and I thought they could have easily had four more. Um, you know, but what what frustrated you about? I know that there were like the 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 one sack that I keep replaying in my head that they blew was Rashad Fenton on the blitz, just running right by Joe Burrow, who then turns it into like a three or four yard gain. Uh, but you, know, you you've seen that a lot from this Chiefs team where. You know, like you said, they don't come in under control on the blitz and they turn what should be a great play, a negative play for the defense um, into, um, you know, a little bit of momentum for the offense because, you know, the offense certainly realizes they got away with one. They turned, um, you know, they made a little chicken salad there and they start, you know, they feel good about it. Yeah.
0: Um, in, in some regard, like the, the bigger frustration that you would have, is that that's that's something you would you probably need to go over with them and kind of work on do some drill stuff if you can, and you don't think you have to at this level. But I mean, if if you get another opportunity to do some of those blitzes again in the future, that may be something that they have to. Especially if they play the Bengals again in the playoffs at some point, like that. That may be that may be something if the Chiefs make it to the, the divisional round, where they may have to be prepared for that again. And and I think today was a really good learning opportunity for the chiefs to kind of mentally be prepared for what they would face with the Bengals again, if they play them in the playoffs. So that's why I'm not terribly upset by everything that happened today. I mean, it's frustrating that they didn't, you know, they didn't win to keep the number one seed, but I think there's a lot that they can take away on tape if they do end up going against the Bengals again in the playoffs and have some better answers adjustment wise, because I would rather them. I know this sounds weird to say, but I would rather them not come out victorious today and not and and you know not give away all their adjustment that they had, while next time around being able to come up with adjustments. Because I mean it worked out really well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. They didn't adjust to the Chiefs in that game, and then hey Super Bowl they got a whole new plan against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs didn't have an answer for. So um, from that part of it, yeah, I'll say I mean they didn't you know like that's that's something that with Burrow, I don't think the Chiefs are going to face a lot of quarterbacks that can evade like Burrow can and have that that way in the pocket, but Burrow's had to get used to doing that the past two years because of how bad that Bengals offensive line is. And long-term, if you're looking at that Bengals team, if they get a significantly better line around Burrow, like what he did today is going to be the norm for him. Like they're yeah. going to put up points until the AFC North and other teams that they play in the AFC, have answers in the secondary or in the pass rush to be able to negate a lot of that stuff. So that's, what's coming. That was a sneak peek of what the Bengals are going to be long-term. And that's why Brett Beach and the chiefs are going to have to mentally prepare for that. That's why a lot of the people in the league are going to have to be mentally prepared for that part of it. But yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' pass rush goes as Chris Jones goes, if he's hundred percent and he's able to kind of do what he needs to, that gives everybody else a lot of one-on-one opportunities that they can take advantage of the he's a little tired and worn out like he looked today which I still personally believe is probably from being on the reserve COVID-19 list that can I mean that's going to take a little bit that may take a little bit for him to get back to 100% but I think that illustrates that since they don't have enough depth on the defensive line and you know they, they've they got their front four and maybe another guy who can rotate in that gives them effective pass rush otherwise they have to kind of blitz with that, that that's another thing long term that they're going to have to add more pieces to that puzzle so it's not just you know, if Chris Jones is on, then everybody else can be on.
1: Yeah, no, it it like you said, it it's frustrating in this moment, but um assuming the Chiefs can get past the Chargers or the Colts, um, you know, and, and if the Bengals are, are the three seed and the Chiefs are the two and they meet again in the division round at Arrowhead. If I, if I'm the chiefs, I want that game again. Like, like I know that we played a C minus game and, and the Bengals played an a minus game. And I know if we get them again, um, that we can, that we can flip that result on its head. Um, um, I, I, I truly believe that the chiefs would, would be just fine with seeing the Bengals again down the road. Um, I don't think that any, I mean, yeah, look, the, the burrow to Jamar Chase is is tough, but um, I, I don't think that that the Chiefs are going to be left quaking in their boots and viewing Cincinnati as a clearly superior team that they just don't have any answers for moving forward, uh, at least not this year.
0: Right, because if you take a look at like the third and uh, first, I'm going to talk about the third and 27, because that one's going
1: to haunt me for a little bit. Um Look, yeah, I mean, were, what, What? tell me, what are the key moments in the game? Like, like, are there three, four, five key moments? Cause you and I both, I think zeroed in on this third and 27.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm going to, I'm only going to keep one of the penalties in there. Like the other ones, I mean, they happen and like, you know, it is what it is there at the end. Um, but like the first one obviously was the hold on, uh, on Zay Anderson, whenever he pulled down. The guy when Pringle got that touchdown because the Pringle gets a touchdown that's that's thirty five on the board at that point and the Bengals are the Bengals are chasing the entire second half yeah, to try to open. meet that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I don't know. They they would have had a different goal to hit. <laughs> so you know, I yeah. I'm not counting them out with Jamar Chase. That's all I'm saying. Um, they would have had a different goal to hit at that point. Still could have got there, maybe gotten there. Who knows? But like that was number one. Then obviously. Because that guy called back, Mahomes having to try to chuck that up to hill, and he'll unfortunately dropping that. Which again, I still don't think he's one hundred percent coming back right now. You know, he normally doesn't drop that. That's that's not that's not a routine look for
1: him to drop stuff like that. So for well, that, that he, to happen, he does tend to he he does body catch a little bit on some of those deep throws every once in a while, and that's one that just bounced off his shoulder pad. It was a, um, you know, inopportune time for it to happen. So. That, that's number two, because uh, unfortunately, because of that,
0: they weren't able to at least put three on the board, if not yep. seven. So that, you know, again, but that's still, you know, either that or the Pringle thing happens, you're, you're at 35. Um, and in those moments, that frustrated me because I don't really see points left on the board in that regard or taken off the board in that case. Um, then the next one, I was really, really frustrated with the third and five and and the reason I was that they ended up getting the field goal on but the reason I was really frustrated with the third and 5 is because on that play specifically the Bengals are showing the blitz totally get that so then you have to have hot routes based off that throw two slants on a cross you know an acrosser or a, or a dig off that have the outside guy on the far right be the dig receiver have the two slants inside and guess what if they drop back into zone, that's fine. You can roll out to the right and take off running if you need to, or you know everybody goes fire drill on that. You've worked on that before, but like for to see that and to just kind of still have the routes that they ran that were probably going to take more than the three step drop against the blitz like that. That that's what's kind of that's what's kind of frustrated that that part's frustrating me a great deal. And then in the second half. I really thought the chiefs got away from the window dressing, the misdirection that the Bengals really struggle with. They didn't do a lot of that. that was another time where, I mean, not, not in that blitz one, but in some other ones, there were some misdirection opportunities that they could have kept the Bengals on their heels. And I was, that, that kind of frustrated me as well. And then, and then the final one, like you said, is the third and 27, you know, you're, you're bringing seven on the play. You're leaving Sneed back in a zone, you know, you're dropping Sneed in the zone, Fenton's dropping back in the zone, Ward's staying with him in what looks like his own. And, and their goal is you st- you stay with the guy till the sticks, you know, or you or you stay, you know, you're staying with the individual till to the 27-yard marker. And then Thornhill kind of helps jump up on Sneed's receiver there, Boyd, over the middle, because they're thinking because that blitz, he's just gonna take the easiest one right there while the other two are going vertical. And you know, it ends up not working out in their favor because I know Andy talked about in the press conference afterwards that they were trying to keep them out of field goal range with that. And, and I totally get that, but the way I look at it and I was looking at it at that point, and that's what frustrated me in the moment, I'm not playing, I'm not doing this after the fact, you know, rehashing it. I'm doing this, what I'm telling you is the stuff I thought in the moment. Some of that stuff I just don't tweet out because I want to save it for the podcast. But when it's 3rd and 27 like that, the part that frustrates me on that is, hey, That's fine. Only rush, you know, rush four, maybe five. You don't want to bring more than five though, because you need all those guys to stop that speed from being able to go 27 yards, which they can't, but as much, as much zones as you could create for that 27 yards that you put yourself in position for there to make them earn, like let them take the field goal. And then Mahomes has three minutes to go down the field, drive and win the game or run the ball down their throat for those three minutes. Like there was, there was just plenty of opportunity there that it, it's frustrating to see i hope they learn from it and it's easier to talk about because you know they're going to the playoffs and they're going to have a home game but you know it's still it's still frustrating nonetheless but you know it's it's something that you hope gets adjusted when it matters
1: yeah yeah i mean i do think the penalties uh and and look some of them were um were a little bit soft but the Three defensive pass interference on third downs. That's three chances you had to get off the field, and you didn't get off. There was the slant to Fenton. Um, there was the sideline route to Fenton, and then there was uh, um, the Sneed one um, on uh, on a little out route to the sideline as well. And, and look, a couple of them are questionable. I think if you get one, maybe two of those, you're okay. But three of those in those situations, I get why fans were upset the the penalty that bothered the only real the, the penalty that bothered me the most though I would say was the unnecessary roughness on Snead's tackle when um, Jamar Chase wasn't out of bounds it was just a tackle and he right. happened to suplex him onto the sideline yes but it was a tackle he was not out of bounds there was nothing illegal or or unnecessarily rough about it and to give it the 15 yards or, well I guess it was eight because it ended up uh, only being half the distance penalty in that situation but that was frustrating. I mean, look, the two penalties in the end zone late, I think were, were good calls. Um, I think Ward held chase cause he didn't want to give up a fourth touchdown, uh, to chase. And, and I mean, the, the hands to the face on Snead was pretty clear to give him the first down and allow him to run out the rest of the clock. Um, you know, and those are just the, the chiefs coach their guys to be aggressive and, and use their hands. And, Sometimes it bites him like it did with Orlando Skandrick in uh, the chargers game a couple years ago. Um, you know, it just, it happens, um, you know, but yeah, I, I get why it was frustrated. The, 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 the part that frustrated me more about the officiating wasn't necessarily the ticky tack calls. It was not calling the, the flinch by the left guard, the obvious flinch by the left guard um, when they were down there by the goal line, because I think the calculus changes, if it's, Uh, you know, third or fourth down from the six, um, then from inside the one. And then the, you know, Chris Jones got a, got a encroachment penalty that gave uh, the Bengals a first down when Joe Burrow had false started and it simulated the snap and moved forward. And again, it gives them a first down instead of putting the Bengals in second and six, where if you get a batted ball, now it's third and six, maybe you get off the field in that situation. That some of those missed calls were what, were what rankled me as much as anything else. And then when you think about the start of the game and them just giving a first down on a play where Jamar Chase was obviously short of the sticks and Andy being forced to burn a challenge in the first few minutes, like there were just some, some, it was a bad, bad, bad game for a crew that hasn't worked together uh, because they substitute like three or four, you four, know, yeah, the three yep. assistants into the crew at the last second, so it's a crew that hadn't worked together, maybe not as familiar with one another's mechanics and style and stuff like that. Who knows how much that had to do with it, whether it made the guys hyper-aware or whatever, but I just thought it was a very uneven and and frankly poorly officiated game, uh, and just not befitting of a matchup of that magnitude where the number one seed in the conference and an AFC North title are on the line. you just like to see a much more clean game.
0: Yeah. That's, that's where I have a lot of frustration with the league is like you, when, when you have those games that are big like that, like you want those to have your best officiated crews. I mean, I'm sorry, but like that, especially this time of the year, like you said, whenever a number one seeds on the line, you want the best officiated crews doing the best games and you want all them officiating in the playoffs so that you, you have the best product out there possible. So, I mean, and, and the other thing was two of the, uh, Two of the officials involved were in they'd been moved to different positions that they normally don't officiate when they are involved. So uh, one of them replaced uh, the notorious uh, Sarah Thomas uh, as the uh, as the line judge, if I remember correctly. So and and like each one of them and why it's a big deal in some regards, guys, is there certain things that each official is supposed to do. And I'll post it on Twitter what their responsibilities are, but each one of them have things that they're supposed to look at, and they're the ones that call the penalties for. So if if you know if a crew's collectively not working together, just like a just like a team being put together with unknowns on the offensive line. It took a while for the Chiefs' offensive line to gel together, but then today the Chiefs you know get things turned upside down on the offensive line, and they go out and put together one of their honestly in my opinion one of their best performances as an offensive line collectively. So, I mean, but the chiefs had spent time working at that in practice and, you know, it just kind of worked out and that's why it's so impressive what they did today. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, how can I, how can I say this on a nice one? It's very, I'm very frustrated right now, Todd, but not Wendy's frustrated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. I like it. Um, uh, for those who, you know, who were curious. So chiefs Broncos will now be at three 30 Saturday on ABC ESPN does that mean there'll be a Manning cast for that? Oh, I hope so. I don't know.
0: I don't know if the, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow whenever, if I think they're doing one tomorrow, I that can't remember. They were, they were, they were only doing 10 this, they were doing like 10 or 11 this year out of the
1: 18 weeks that they had available to them. Yeah. That would be worth it. Um, Cowboys Eagles is going to be at seven 15 on that Saturday. That's a couple likely playoff teams. I don't know if the, I don't think the Eagles have clinched yet.
0: They haven't, um, but like I I, 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 pred- I, I like- was able to, I predicted 203 in the right time slot. And the Chiefs Broncos was the only one I didn't. I just don't get the league's fascination with wanting the Chiefs Broncos in, in like a prime time. Like Chiefs Chargers, I totally get it. Right, right. But like Chiefs Broncos, I'm sorry, well, but like the Broncos make that a boring football game.
1: Maybe may you know, maybe Teddy Bridgewater will be back and they can get that scintillating Bridgewater versus Mahomes matchup, you know. I don't know, Drew Locke throws more interceptions. So I knew well, no, I was gonna say, I mean, I guess, you know, surely they're not thinking like the Locke trying to spoil his hometown teams, you know, like what, what are they going to spoil? Like, oh no, they're going to be the four seed. It just it just seasons. feels like they took
0: a game that's like, hey, this impacts the playoffs, but we don't want to use it in marquee time slots. Uh, but we'll keep pressure on the Titans potentially to go out and win it, their game. So here it,
1: here we go. We're just throwing this one out there. Here's the one thing, though. I think if if that means that the Chiefs get the Sun the Saturday night game the next week in the wild card round, and mm. they get an extra day rest. Then the league just did the Chiefs a huge favor.
0: Touche, Todd. Looking at the glass out full right now. I love it. But so, no, I, I totally expected the Eagles Cowboys to be the Saturday night game because they're not going to put it, although it used to be the traditional uh, end of the year Sunday night football game, winter moves on in the playoffs. They finally, uh, you know, after Andy Reid finally left, they moved on to something different. Right. Um, But
1: the the Chargers Raiders was an easy call to flex. to Yeah, that's that's
0: the one that's like winner gets in the playoffs type of hype that you can do with that. So that's the easy one to go with. And then I figured they were like, okay, what gives us the best ratings for seven o'clock that we can brag about in the press release, you know, later that week for the entire weekend? And that's going to be Eagles, Cowboys. And you give people that on a Saturday night at seven o'clock to where they're like, hey, we can do this. And then, you know, next day, Sunday, we can do whatever we want. Relax. We're going to go back to work. That that was that was a layup that that was yep. going to be the one. on So I mean I'm not surprised by two of three, but I'm sorry, Chiefs Broncos? Are you kidding me? Like I thought that was going to be 49ers Rams. Come on, hey. come on.
1: Hey, but on the bright side, like you know, I I, I have to work next Saturday, but I'll I, mean, I guess I get Sunday off. So yeah, <laughs> I'm thrilled for you, Todd. <laughs> so does this change? I mean, are, are you going to have to do a Saturday pregame show now instead of a your typical Sunday countdown to kickoff? Don, I don't know, man. I'm processing all this stuff. Oh, man. Right now. I'm sorry, sir. I apologize, sir. This is, this is, have you been tweeting bad things about Roger Goodell? Maybe this is your fault. <laughs>
0: oh, I did reach out to the league, though, to get a statement about the officiating crew and what happened. They kind of forced that. I mean, I have some suspicions about what happened because, I mean, you know, you did have a, you did. You did, well, I mean, there there is that potential possibility <laughs> that there were some safety protocol issues that may have happened <laughs> around the league because there were 11, I think there were 11 or 12 substitutions today, which, you know, typically not typical. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, there could have been some travel issues because, I mean, you know, <laughs> there wasn't yeah, really a big storm together. that came through the, you know, that came through most of the country. So, you know, whenever part of Texas is about 90 degrees. And the other part of Texas is, what, 5 or 10 degrees in Amarillo? I mean, that's, yeah. that's a pretty big cold front slash storm that happened. So, yeah, I mean, there could have been issues either way. So, I mean, you know, I was just kind of curious to get from the league about because that was unique to have four different four different members, you know, join a crew that typically don't work together. I mean, last time something like that happened, it was the Chiefs-Rams, and that was an awfully uh, officiated game as well. Um, from fantastic. A lot of fun, though. No, I mean, the, the scoring was definitely fun. The uh, the uh, issue that I had with that one was uh, how many penalties that turned into. That turned into yeah. a really sloppy game that they tried to call an, all, an all-star crew. Um, and I'm going to look up who the official for that was. No, nope, that was Cleet Lakeman. It was Cleet. Oh, Cleet. Cleet was in that one. It wasn't the
1: same. It wasn't the same guy. One last thing I wanted to ask about. Are, are you worried at all about the second half struggles with the offense? Only three points they only had the three drives um you know cuz the defense struggled to get off the field there uh, on on a couple long drives for the Bengals but but still you you've got an 11 point lead and, and by the way this is the first time i believe this is the first time since Patrick Mahomes has been uh the uh, the quarterback of the Chiefs that they've blown a double digit halftime lead uh and lost a game uh the last time that happened to the Chiefs you have to go back to Alex Smith's last start um, in that uh, wild card game against the Titans when Travis Kelsey got the, well, there's lots of things. The, the Travis Kelsey uh, got a concussion. There was the fumble. There was the Marcus Barrett passing it to himself. Uh, you know, and they end up blowing a 21-3 halftime lead. Last time it happened in the regular season was all the way back in 2016. That's the game, if you remember, Ryan Suckup came back, um, missed the, the game-winning field goal try, but Andy had called the timeout, and then he hit the 53-yarder. Um, that was the last time they'd blown a ten-point lead in a regular season game, um, so it always seems to happen against the Titans until today. Um, but well, you know, at least they got a new trend, <laughs> right? Right. So, but but it benefited the Titans in this case. Uh, but anything, uh, it, it always seems to benefit the Titans one way or the other. Uh, but at, does it worry you the second half struggles? Um, you know, and, and the fact that we had seen the Chiefs start to put together some some more complete games. Um, On offense, and then this, again, like we talked about with the missed tackles, felt a little bit like regression for the offense in terms of being able to just be methodical and and sustain drives and not go through those scoring droughts.
0: I mean, the Chiefs have their deficiencies in the offense. Uh, They have it at receiver. They have it, you know, they have it at running back at times, depending on what the the defense are going against needs to compete against skill set-wise to take advantage of their weaknesses. So, I mean, that's just going to be something that they're just, they're going to have to deal with in that regard. I mean, you don't have, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, the rotation there sometimes, you know, on the pass rush isn't there. And I mean, this is one of the few times athletically that the Chiefs secondary really struggled because they they don't normally face this athletic of a wider seeming group. So that's, that's why I keep saying this. Like I'm telling you the Bengals and chargers, like the chiefs are going to have to have answers for them in 2022 because they're, they're going to be hanging around for a while. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a part a part of the way that you deal with that sometimes when teams are taking stuff away is you have a strong run game and you lean on that run game, you know, and that's, that's something that the Chiefs – this is kind of a point right now where the Chiefs have decided, hey, we found a, a recipe here with this offensive line. Do they want to take that and kind of use that come playoff time to where they can lean on that whenever they have these – Slumps and be able to give defense time to rest and and not be completely tired like they were at some points in the second quarter. There, you know, first and second quarter they're pretty worn out. So, I mean, the, the Chiefs got a lot of questions they got to answer as a coaching staff, and now they got to do it a day quicker than they previously previously expected. So, you know, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to rush on that one.
1: Yeah. Um. all right Last thing I'll say. I. This is as. Um, unhappy as I've seen a chiefs team be after a game. Yeah. Um, Although Reed, I will say, I appreciate Tyron Matthew. No, no. Ty, I was going to say Tyron I'm was the one did. guy who was, um, But I,
0: I'm saying he stood up and he recognized and like he was, he took on the leadership role that you would kind of expect from somebody that, that they call, you know, the, t- the teammates look up to. And like, he took
1: ownership, but at the same time, kind of, Hey, here's what we have to do to get better. He he was honest. He was, um, candid Yeah, Uh, he was, he was great after the game, Andy, you know, you could tell, um, Andy was, was angry and Patrick was ready to go home. Um, he was ready to be on the, on the, on the bus and the plane back to Kansas city. I look, I think it's a great sign though. Um, you know, I mean, um, I, I think the fact that, um, it bothered them, um, you know just shows where this team's head's at um and i would expect them to get it fixed to lock down the number 2 seat if not the number 1 uh if the if david Coley and company can do him a favor great but lock down that number 2 seat if not the number 1 next week and then get ready uh for whether it's the chargers or the colts um the, the next the week after um you know assuming that 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 they do it, don't end up getting the bye um and then you know probably you know, getting ready for a, a rematch, um, you know, with the Bengals. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, that would be, uh, uh, but I, I, I like, I like what I saw from them from that point of view. And, uh, um, I don't think if you're a chiefs fan that, that all that, that goodwill and all that, the the excitement you felt the last eight weeks when they were racking up all those wins and moving back into position, um, to, you know, to win the sixth straight AFC West title. I think that team's still there. And I think that the goals that they had all season are still uh, out there before and whether they're the one or the two.
0: Yeah. Just the the bigger theme that I think is going to come out, especially in national media is when you're looking at the chiefs and, you know, at this point in 2021, I mean, you know, losing, the, losing the Ravens in week two, losing the chargers in week three, losing the Titans in week seven, I'm losing the Bengals and in, in week 17, I mean, four four of those teams are potentially going to be in, in the playoffs. So that's, you know, that's the bigger question that a lot of people are going to be asking is, Hey, you know, is this chief's team? Are they the, are they the ones that, you know, they're once they get to face the caliber of, or certain playoff teams, do they kind of start to have their shortcomings come out and some, some, some of the penalty issues and some of the, some of the tackling issues and some of the lackadaisical issues. Do those, do those kind of come out? So um I'm curious to kind of see how, how the chiefs bounce back, how they respond and where they go.
1: And that's what I think. And we can talk about this more, uh, you know, as we move forward and actually get to the playoffs. But I think that for me, this playoff run, or, or the potential for this playoff run, is going to say as much to me about Patrick Mahomes' legacy as the previous three, right? Like, um, because this is a team that has some flaws. This is a team that's ta- that's had some adversity, but I think this is also a team that's capable of going to a Super Bowl and winning it. When 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 it matters most, you know. And, and look, you, you've you seen Tom Brady do this with teams that weren't necessarily the best, that weren't necessarily always playing their best, but he elevated them. He found a way to gut out wins in the playoffs and get that team in position. If Patrick Mahomes wants to be in that same conversation, um, this is the kind of postseason where he can start to craft that kind of legacy, uh, in my opinion. So I, I'm, I'm excited for it because I think Patrick Mahomes is the kind of quarterback that can raise a team's level of play. And I I, I want to see if he can get it done.
0: The bigger question that I have for this football team is, what kind of bounce back do they have for this week and and come playoff time? Can they amp it up to another level during playoffs, or is it kind of or or does it go back to kind of at times this year where the team looked exhausted with the run that they've made over the past couple of years? That's that's kind of the bigger question that I have, in, in in the grand scheme of this is. Is this the is this a team that can will itself through and push itself through like it did the past seven to eight weeks? Or is this the team kind of before that that kind of just looked like they 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 needed a rather long vacation? And you know, and I and I'm not basing this off just, you know, just one game. It just kinda of, today kind of reminded me of of that of that team the first handful of weeks that really just just, you know, just like, Hey, <laughs> let's go take some PTO. Huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, but if, if we look back and see this as the wake up call, the team needed, um, you know, kind of like the, the, you know, the comeback loss they suffered at the Titans, um, you know, during the 2019 season, um, you know, I think you'll, you'll happily take a you know three point loss at Cincinnati. Um, you know, if, if that's what it takes to have another parade downtown, Nick Jacobs,
0: all I know is another another ref got added to my list today. <laughs> his name is Ron Tolbert, <laughs> and and people I don't know if people appreciate. I it picture there. it
1: like Steve Buscemi and, and <laughs> Billy Madison. Like there's just a list. It's right off screen on the Zoom, just out of you know. <laughs>
0: but I don't have the uh, I don't I don't use the lipstick. You don't like, cross I'm off the like, lipstick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't use that. But uh, no, I, I don't use that. But what I was, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Now you distracted me from that. I, I oh yeah. Like whenever I put the tweet up there, I was like this, this Bengals touchdown was, a, you know, like a radio announcer. This, this Bengals touchdown was brought to you by Ron Tolbert's crew, Ron Tolbert's crew.
1: No penalty is too small for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I still, I mean, in my mind, the final score was chiefs 31 Bengals, 27 referees, seven. I don't know, I felt they were involved in more than seven points, but well, yeah, I yeah. get it. So um, all right, well, I got nothing else to talk about with this game. Um, I feel like've you know we've dragged out the depression long enough for a Monday, um, you know, for our loyal listeners. Um, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. 2020's terrible. man 2021 leaves with Betty White dying and now 2022. If this is what if this is a harbinger of things to come, shut it down.
0: I just want to know if, like, uh, it's something I've been wondering. I know, I know, I shouldn't say this, this is terrible, but like, unfortunately, with the Chiefs, um, you know, the Chiefs winning when the pandemic started. I also kind of wonder if they win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl again. Does that
1: close it? What or does it? Does it? Or does it bring something worse, Nick? Like,
0: <laughs> all right, Todd. Well, this is my exit at this point. Um, it was kind of a pleasure talking to you. Um, i do so who who becomes
1: america's sweetheart now by the way i mean it's not you or i so no i i know but like if it's not betty white i mean you know may she rest in peace uh, i don't know todd i'll let you ponder that uh, till the next All right, we'll talk about it on the next podcast because i have some thoughts oh boy <laughs> until then this... take care kids